Thanks for listening to Leadership Level Up. I'm Brian Prairie. And I'm Dr. Jeff Williamson. I am just starting my leadership journey. And I've been guiding leaders for 30 years. Our podcast aims to shine a spotlight on outstanding leaders and provide a platform for them to describe their leadership journey and share the guiding principles that have helped them become great leaders. Welcome to Leadership Level Up Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Williamson, my co-host, Brian Prairie. And uh, we are really excited today to have a friend of our community, a friend to veterans everywhere, Eric Peterson. Uh, you'll learn more about him in a second. But first of all, just thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate You're it. You're one of those people who like have sort of known you for a good while, just from being in the community and knowing about the work you do. But man, I'm always excited to I, it's selfish. I get we get an hour together with cool people that are doing really really good stuff. Yeah, thank you. And um, so we're honored to have you and appreciate what you're doing. So um, you know, as we as we talk through the conversation, we really want to both let people know about Project Headspace and Timing, which mm-hmm. is the nonprofit you started a few years ago as well. Uh, but we also want to just talk about leadership and what are some of the traits of leadership that you have or try to embody. And maybe some other people who've who've invested in you uh, to help you on your leadership journey. So it's just kind of an open book, you know. We'll, we'll chat about it, but I love what you're doing. As I, I was sharing before we came on, uh, really, really incredible service to our veteran, our men and women who have served our country so honorably, and uh, you among them too. So Thank we you. appreciate that a lot. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Yeah, Thank it's you a pleasure. So yeah. So I know. Um, you know, leadership uh, in in the flow of, of military training and and the work you're doing in a variety of ways is a part of the package. You know, mm-hmm. developing leaders that's just part of of what your experiences have included. So, talk to us a little bit about what that looks like for you to say, "Hey, as a leader, I I try to embody this," or here's some great characteristics. I think, and the, it's really hard to describe because I also don't see myself as a leader a lot. Like there are moments where I feel like, okay, I'm taking charge here. I got to take this and run within spearhead this project. But you know, I'm also a father and a husband. And so there are times and and throughout my life, there have been many times where I've known that I needed to be a follower and not necessarily a leader at that moment, which I also think is another important aspect of being a leader. Uh, right. But it's like, I never really looked at myself In that light, I just have found myself in those types of situations because I've found myself up against something that I thought uh, required action, and I wasn't seeing that action. And so I just took the initiative to get something done. And a lot of the times that means that I would fail at Mm -hmm. things, right? But sometimes I would find that there'd be some success, like with the nonprofit and other things. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard question to ask, but when I look back at a lot of the leaders that have shaped me, it all started for sure. The first leader that I really found, and I was just like, that is something that's important before I even knew what leadership was, was when I played football at Hersher high school, there was a coach, his name was coach hall. And anybody that went to Hersher knows who coach hall is. <laughs> and He was the type of coach where when he would tell you to do push-ups or run or whatever, he would also do those things. Mm -hmm. And so immediately, I didn't realize it at the time, right? But like slowly, I started realizing that I had a lot of respect for this guy because he's not just telling me what to do. He's telling me and then doing it. And then he's yelling at us while he's doing it. (laughs) And, And so I just 
right from the get-go, I learned that how, how important work ethic was in being a leader, not asking people to work any harder than you. And so that was something that was really ingrained in me, not only by my parents, but really also by Coach Hall. And then again, uh, just kind of expanded upon my time in service, you know, but that was one of my first, I think, real experiences with it. Oh, that's good, man. Because it, you'd be surprised how many people sat here at this table and talked to me and Brian and said, well, I don't really think of myself as a leader. Right. But I've, I'm one of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like, I just do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and so many times as we've talked about that, I've said, yeah, but leadership is influence Mm -hmm. too. It isn't just Eric, you're in charge. Right. It may be. Right. But leadership is influence and leadership is modeling behaviors like coach hall. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. great. I would, I did not have a coach hall in high school. Right. I had a coach that would walk around and step on you as we're doing, you know, dying squids and some of the yeah. some of the things that were incorporated into the tor- I mean training then. Right. <laughs> but like and that carried over so much into the military world and I've talked to my friends about this and I'd be curious about your guys' perspective too, but it's like I feel like there's two types of respect when it comes to a leadership per, like a leadership role you have that earned respect and you have implied respect so i really saw this in the military where it's like i will do if you are my boss superior officer supervisor manager whatever i find myself doing just enough to not get fired mm-hmm. just enough to not be on your radar because you're my boss and i have to show you enough respect right but the earned respect like Coach Hall or, or other leaders that have truly shown you that they are a leader, you, you would do what you thought they might need you to do before they even asked because of how much you respected them. And so, yeah, I think that's super important. And um, it definitely, you know, I definitely saw that a lot when I was in the military too. But yeah, it's, it's crucial. Right. Yeah. yeah. We often say, I'd run through a wall for that person. Right. right? Yeah. That's different than I'll do enough to stay out of trouble. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 When I first contacted uh, Jeff, because I knew my team was growing, I told him, I go, I don't want to be a boss. I want to be a leader. Right. And I was like, my, that was my. And I'm not focus. sure what it is yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm not know? sure what it is yet. But yeah. I, and that was my main focus. So right. the mm-hmm. fact that you bring that up, that it's. It's more than just, you know, get yeah, cause yeah, like you'll do, the, you'll just do enough for the boss. Right. You're not going to, you're not going to go any further, but like for something that's leading you, so something that's giving you a chance or something, you're going to do whatever you want or whatever you, what it takes to like make that person, you know, proud of you or whatever it is. Right. Know? And I think yeah. that also from like, if you're going to look at it from the business perspective and, and productivity and things, I mean, that's how you cultivate that family type of environment and in an environment like that, where people are actually going to look out for one of one, one another and take care of each other and do what needs to be done, which right. is what everybody looks for. I think, especially, you know, whether when it comes to like a small business or anything like that. Um, I worked for a company, uh, called Certa Pro Painters for a while. And I was in a leadership position and I got to see firsthand a lot of the trauma of one of our employees because of past poor leaders, because, you know, this, this person that came on and, and she was under me for a little while, she had told me, you know, she had asked permission to go to like a wake for her family member. And she was like, I'm sorry, I know we have this thing coming up, but it's like this person passed away and I'm going to try to come and fulfill my obligations as a responsibility of my job. And then I'm going to go to this way. I'm like, whoa, what? 
Like, what are you talking? Like, go do that. Like, this is work. It'll be fine. It'll be here tomorrow. Your family first. (laughs) Yeah. And you see that sometimes with people that had had really bad bosses. They go to the next job and they carry that on. And then it's another responsibility, I think, of a leader to try to identify those things and then break through them so they can understand that good leaders do exist. Right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. To, To understand that differentiation, like... You you need to be there. You don't have to ask me permission. I mean, thanks for check-in so sure. I know where you right. are. But of course. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we want to be the kind of leaders and the kind of friends that, like, you go and I'll deliver food to your house, too, yeah. for the family to gather after the service right. or whatever. I mean, that's the kind of people we want to have our back and Absolutely. kind of go, yeah, yeah. you know what? The work will always be here. But those times, you right. just need to do what right. you need right. to do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's that's so essential. I, I feel like uh, I've I've dealt with that a lot with the leadership position uh, I'm in, uh, in just kind of working with uh, the other employees and 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 them being surprised, mm-hmm. you know, in, in that reaction. Like, you know, my my reaction is like, is everything everything that we need to get done for either today or tomorrow? Okay. Great. Yep. And you know, go to that counseling. Go to the doctor's appointment. Go. Go on a walk. That, <laughs> if that's what. If that's what you need right now. Great. And you identify. I think that. I think so many people have guilt when it comes to letting down a leader, a boss, whatever. And I feel like guilt is such a scary thing because I think it can grow and fester and then turn into something that just permeates permeates through like all aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. And so when you have uh, somebody that works under you that feels like, you know, they're terrified to ask you if they can have a day off because their kid's sick, you know, well, yeah, at some point, uh, when are they going to reach their breaking point? And usually those are the places where you see like a high turnover and things like that, which is also pretty telling. But, but yeah, I definitely think it's important either way to just at least pick up on those things Mm -hmm. with somebody. You speak about guilt Mm -hmm. with the the people you're leading, but what about guilt with leadership? Mm Because I I feel like something I, I, I deal with a lot is like, you know, one letting down the people I'm leading and two, like, Oh, maybe I need to take some time, mm-hmm. but there's other things that need to get done. So I feel guilty that I'm not putting in, you know, the 40, 50. Attention <laughs> pulls both ways. Yeah. yeah. So there's, well, there's some guilt there. Absolutely. Well, with that, there's like a few things that come to mind. First is, you know, the old saying, you can't pour from an empty cup, you know, and, and I always, True. that's something that I didn't understand for a long time until I pushed myself to a point where mm-hmm. I think I'd spoken with you about this yes. a few times offline. I think, we, I think we have. <laughs> like I'd push myself to the point because mentally I kept telling myself, I can do it. I can do whatever. There's no limit. I, I, I will work as hard as I want and there's nothing that's going to stop me. And then I started developing cardiac issues and skin rashes mm-hmm. and other stuff yeah. because my body was just like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. stop. I understand mentally yeah. you think that. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Um, I turned back to, like, I really love reading. And so I turned back to some of the authors and leaders that um, have written things, thankfully, that I've been able to read. And uh, one of them being Marcus Aurelius, uh, wrote Meditations and some other things, The Philosopher King. And, you know, the whole theory around stoicism and like controlling what you can control has always been huge for me. Yeah. And so just making sure when it comes to guilt, 
If I know that I can control everything that I can control, I will feel less guilt. And the one way that I can think of as far as an example is my mom passed away last year and she was on hospice for a few months and it was the worst experience of my life. And I knew that when I found out that the diagnosis was terminal, I said to myself at this moment, I can carry no regrets. I can't carry, I can't carry any guilt or anything. So whatever that means, which usually meant me spending all the time I could with her, mm-hmm. asking all the questions I wanted to ask. And I'm very thankful that I got that time. But like doing all that, because I knew that when the day came that she passed, mm-hmm. I didn't want to carry that guilt. I wanted to control what I could control. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like I did that in that moment. So yes, I feel like it's very important to, to be cognizant of that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I've sat at a similar bedside mm-hmm. a few years ago. So I know, I know what you're talking about. You Ugh. don't want any boxes unchecked you don't want any sorries unsaid Mm -hmm. and boy what that's again that's a gift of modeling something for other people to say hey don't live with it you have regrets with anybody that you care about and that you love you know do what you need to do say what you need to say because it's just too important Mm -hmm. absolutely you can't get those moments back and like and that affected me in a way and I've always been this way, but more so after that, where like with the guys within my organization. So I have a lot of, well, we have a lot of veterans, but I have a lot of combat veterans and a lot of them are, you know, bearded and tattooed and big dudes and whatever. And I tell them I love them all the time. And at first they were kind of like, mm, and they wouldn't like say anything back or like grunt or something. And then now like they say it back. I'm like, Hey, all right, I'll talk to you later. I love you. And they're like, I love you too. They get on the phone because again, you never know. You, nobody knows. No. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. No. I, we no. act like we do. Yeah. But I want to make sure that you know that because I'm talking to you right now. Right. And, uh, and it's really cool to see how that affects other people when they start reciprocating those feelings. It is. You know, yeah. I have a, a mem- member of my family and I know to not say former Marine because there's no such thing. Oh my God. They get so, I, I, there's yeah. no such thing. It's a whole thing. You're a Marine. <laughs> right. Period. Uh, shout out to you, Sarge. I'm yeah. not going to name you, but you know, when he sees, when he hears this, uh, he'll know I'm talking to him. And he, he was that, that way. You know, when I, I'd, I'd say, I love you, whether you tell me or not. And I know you love me back. And, and over time, it's just like, I hug a Marine and he tells me he loves me and yeah. it's all good. Right. You know, but that's, that's a process yeah. for, for a lot of, a lot of folks. And so, yeah, but we all want to know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I want to know somebody loves us and shows up for us like you do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's one thing. One thing I always credit to the younger generations and the younger leaders that we're trying to build. It seems like, you know, they say uh, a goldfish only grows so much depending on the uh, space that it's in. Yes. Right. Yes. Well, I feel like, especially when it comes to the younger leaders, it's the same thing. If they have overbearing leaders in the older generations that are just sitting there saying, uh, I don't understand what you're talking about. Therefore it's dumb. Therefore I'm not going to listen to you. Like w- we make it so much difficult. And especially in the world of mental health that I find myself in so much, we see groups of people, younger people that are always challenging what the people above them said. They have different ideas and different thoughts and they want to do different things. And they're constantly being like pushed back saying like, you don't understand, you don't get it, but we're limiting that growth. I feel like when we do that, that's a great analogy. Yeah. We got to have those awkward conversations Mm -hmm. 
that we need to have so we can understand like maybe there's something that we are messing up that you see and that you want to bring to light. Uh, I was, I worked for Riverside ambulance for a little while and I worked, you know, if you work, I think it changed since then, but like you would be uh, EMT basic and then e- an EMT intermediate and then an EMT paramedic. And so as a paramedic, you would think that paramedics only wanted to be around other paramedics when working calls. But my preceptors taught me, you always wanted the basic there too, because they're going to see things from a different perspective than you are. And that could be really important. And so I've also noticed that uh, I also go on tangents sometimes, which I apologize for because I'm not a hundred percent sure where that thought process started. We'll, we'll let you get there though. Yeah. It's okay. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I just find it to be so important. Again, I, I think mm-hmm. with the younger leaders right. to I mean, me, I, make sure we're listening to them. And I said, I think that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, it's about it, that. It was that keyword you said, understanding. Yeah. Like, I don't have to agree with you. I don't have to agree with you. And you don't have to agree with me. Right. But if we can all leave the table and understand each other. Okay. As job, I like job to, well done. As I like to say, well, we can still be friends. Yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> and we all share this space, so we need to understand each other, which is another thing that I credit my time in the military for. Because in the military, you are given a pretty difficult set of circumstances in that you're like, this is the mission. Here are the people you're working with. We don't care if you get along. Figure it out. Mm -hmm. And then you have to count on those people in potentially life or death situations. Mm -hmm. And so you learn relatively quickly that even though you may disagree with somebody on some remedial thing, it is so crucial to be able to work together with people. And it's so weird that it's such a difficult concept to grasp when that's also something that's in like every great sports movie, Mm. any heist movie, any movie like that. It's always like a group of ragtag misfits that figures out how to work through their difficulties and their differences to become a team. Right. Right. But, um, but yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that earned respect you were talking 100%. about. That, you know, yes. you have that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then, then you go through that. You're like, you know what? I didn't like you before this mission. And when I just saw you do your job and how you executed the plan, you're my people now. Absolutely. Right? There are guys that I'd served with that we'd argued. I don't know how many times mm-hmm. and I see them now and it's, it's like you argued with a family member. Like we argued, but we're still going to go break bread after this. Yeah. Like we're not, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it doesn't go any further than some sort of superficial little disagreement we're having right, right. now. And that was that an important foundation. thing to learn. Absolutely. That foundation of trust. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you have that foundation of trust. You have an opportunity to have a culture that reflects that. And yes. when you build leaders that bring that with them, Oh, holy cow. That's a game changer. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you can see that with so many leaders that exist today and have ever existed in the past. Like any successful leader that I've seen, I mean, everything they did was built on that trust. It seems like their foundation fundamentally was trust. And that's why they were able to do whatever it was they were able to do. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, your time wash goes so fast when we're talking <clears throat> about things that matter. And oh, yeah. this has just been so good. So, you know, thanks so much for coming in and, and sharing with us your your passion, your purpose of what you're doing. For sure. Absolutely. Thanks with for having me. With your organization. Me. It's good stuff. Uh, Thank any you. final thoughts, Brian? No. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's always a pleasure talking to Eric. Thanks, man. Yeah. Good, good. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leadership Level Up. Please subscribe so you don't miss future conversations with great leaders. 